0: Aged, the podcast. What is it like to be well-aged? Good times. Old age is miserable. Growing old is freedom. Old age is dealing with law. Old age is fun. I'm always tired. Your well-aged host, Ralph Milton. You are listening to The Six Million Dollar Man. That's right, me, Ralph. Just like the TV series. And yes, you are either a six million dollar man or a six million dollar woman. Yes, you are. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. If you remember that TV series, it was about those bionic humans going around clobbering bad guys with their superhuman strength. Their super eyes could see details half a mile away. They had super strength in their arms and legs. And I wondered, did Summers or Austin, those were the two heroes in the thing, Summers and Austin, were, were they... The two characters in the show, did did they plug themselves in at night? Well, I mean, they must have been running on some kind of batteries. What would happen if the, the battery ran down right in the middle of knocking down a bunch of bad guys? Anyway, I am a $6 million man, and every one of you listening to this podcast are $6 million women and men. Uh, Most of us can still stand on our hind legs because of the millions of dollars of research that keeps us happy, way more than six million. For instance, I have a pacemaker which keeps my heart ticking very nicely, thank you very much. The battery in that thing is good for 10 years, yeah. I also have plastic lenses in both eyes, replacing the cataracts that would have blinded me. Actually, We are all way more than a $6 million person because there was $34 bucks worth of medical research worldwide just in the last year, and we all benefit from that one way or the other. Bev is wearing hearing aids. We have a friend who has a cochlear implant another friend has a defibrillator in his chest and he said to me once boy do you know when that thing goes off i guess Uh, half the people in our retirement home have had a hip or knee replacements or they're they're waiting for one i had a phone conversation with a friend in vancouver who thinks we should forget talking about the platinum years and call, call ourselves the titanium generation because He says he's got two titanium knees and is waiting to get a hip done. Come to think of it, shouldn't somebody, you know, write a song for us seriously old seniors? You could call it the titanium tangle. But it's all down to medical technology. That's the big reason there are so many of us old seniors, wrinkled pioneers in the 80 to 100 year bracket. Sure, a whole bunch of us older seniors caved in to the COVID virus, but imagine how many of us would have died had the worldwide medical community not pulled off. I think it was a miracle of research and organization. Both Bev and I take a handful of prescription medications every day. I put drops in my eyes and elastic socks on my swollen ankles. But there's nothing unusual about that, although. Younger people, my own kids, for instance, tend to roll their eyes thinking how awful it must be taking all those pills. Well, I think how awful it would be if we didn't have those pills and those vaccinations. All of us, including you, dear listener, would probably be dead without all that medical knowledge. So how do we stay healthy in these the last few decades of our lives? Well, there's a school of thought that says... Most of it is mental. You smile. Keep smiling no matter what. Keep smiling. That's an order. huh? Well, sorry. Those of you who were around in the years just after World War II might remember the Happy Gang, do you? The, day with the, bank. the whole idea was that you smiled no matter what. You've, okay, you've lost your job, your spouse has left you, your kids are in trouble, and you've developed terminal cancer, but it doesn't matter. You smile. Smile, though your heart is aching, smile, even though it's breaking, You see, it's one of those ideas that has a large grain of truth in it, but it's not the solution to everything. Smiling, even when you don't feel like it, does help, however. To some extent, the smile on your face soaks down into your psyche and helps you feel better. But to tell someone who is really hurting that they should just smile away their troubles, well, I think that's downright cruel. Tears and smiles, laughter and growls, and feelings of joy and anger, they are all part of the armamentarian us humans have. When we use those emotions wisely and appropriately, they can be very helpful. I had a good friend, Bob Hatfield, a medical doctor, who discovered that he had leukemia and that, therefore, he probably had another five to seven years to live. He used every treatment that medical science had in fighting his disease, but he also used humor, laughter. Bob watched funny movies, read funny books, and sought out friends that made him laugh. I was one of those friends, yes. Bob told me that the use of humor gave him an extra two years of life, and it made fighting that cancer a whole lot less painful. I I used to suffer from migraine headaches, and, well, you know, they have disappeared with age, and that does happen sometimes. Uh, But there were a number of occasions when a good belly laugh stopped that headache, not always, but often. The folks we live with here in this retirement home, almost all of us here have major health issues. Some of us have several. And yes, we talk about them. Of course we do. When you care about someone, you want to know how they are feeling and how things are going with them, with their health. But mostly, of course, we don't dwell on it all the time. We don't talk about it all the time. One woman that we see at breakfast has arthritis in pretty well every joint in her body. It's desperately painful for her to get out of bed in the morning, even with the best painkillers available. But she makes herself do it because the conversation with friends at the breakfast table helps make the pain more bearable. She told me once, she said... I I paste a smile on my face, and the smile kind of soaks in after a while, and, and sharing the lives of my friends, laughing a bit, just makes the pain a lot easier to handle. Reader's Digest magazine used to run a feature called Laughter the Best Medicine, and yes, often it is, and it doesn't have any bad side effects either. Use sensibly along with the best technology that modern medicine has to offer. It can be very therapeutic. <music> One of the medical problems almost all older seniors have uh, is incontinence. We don't have as much control over our bladders and our bowels as we used to have, and we almost never talk about it. I laughed when our daughter Carrie issued a command just before we were going on a trip somewhere. She said, everyone under 10 and over 70 go to the bathroom. Well, that's the second childishness that Shakespeare identified. He, Shakespeare, you know, retired from acting and writing when he was 47. People aged a lot more quickly in his day. But I wonder, maybe he retired because, well, too often he needed to pee right in the middle of the second act. Our social director here at the Dorchester geared up the bus the other night to take a bunch of us to see the Anne Murray special, and it was delightful. But as the credits rolled up at the end of the movie, I I raced for the men's biffy along with just about every other male in our group. And nobody said very much, and nobody apologized, but we all had a bit of a laugh at ourselves, crossing our legs as we waited in line at those urinals. I carry a small portable urinal in the glove compartment of our car. It has saved my bacon on many occasions. It has no use whatever for Bev. But, you know, that's one situation where being equipped with male plumbing is a distinct advantage. As you age, the interval between first intimations and utter panic gets shorter and shorter, and the whole thing becomes far more complicated and embarrassing when paralysis or some other problem means that you need help going to the bathroom. Suddenly, you are right back to being a toddler suffering the stress of toilet training. Except there's a big difference. When toddlers mess their pants, we think it's cute, or at least Not embarrassing. When we're toilet training children, we make a big thing about their ability to manage their bladder and their bowels. My, aren't you a big girl now? The memory of that stays in the back of our minds so that we have the same sense of failure when we're old and we can't measure up. Sadly, there are stories of elder abuse, elders being yelled at, even spanked for wetting their beds it happens. It's downright humiliating. There's so much shame attached, especially if you have a disability, like a stroke that's paralyzed half your body, and you have always have to have somebody help you. Is it any wonder so many stroke victims completely retreat from social life? Incontinence can kill if it puts you into social isolation. Younger people are not even aware of the fine art of bowel and bladder management. But you can tell there's quite a contingent of folks dealing with that issue when you notice the very large display of adult incontinence supplies in almost every grocery and drugstore. Occasionally you see a baffled-looking senior studying the display, wondering which of the various products would meet his or her needs. And in in case you're wondering, they don't have fitting rooms where you can try them on. And people come in various sizes and with different needs, and finding the right product can be a problem. Uh, One friend once said to me, I'd rather have dementia than incontinence, but the trouble is I'll probably wind up with both. Mm. A big part of the problem is that us older seniors have been trained since we were kids not to talk about such things, and so we don't learn from each other's experiences, and we have to learn all the tricks of bladder and bowel control by trial and error, and it's no fun, let me tell you. There are various statistics on incontinence, but the reality is that a very high percentage of women who have had babies will have urinary control problems, and men who have had prostate issues, which is just about all of us, often find themselves with a whole new problem. I have a cousin who is totally incontinent because he had his prostate removed for cancer. The hardest part, he said, is having to tell my own grandchildren that Grandpa is wearing a diaper and can't be toilet trained, and I can't go anywhere without my diaper bag. Is it worse for women? Sherilyn Upstell, who is chaplain at a senior's home here in Kelowna, tells me that women are subject to those indignities much earlier. Often, she said, our dignity is thrown to the wind from the first pelvic exam and pap smear much depends on the individual and the nature of the problem and and far too often because of our pride or stubbornness we try to cover it up until it gets completely out of hand which is so unnecessary because there are health care specialists who can help us find ways to manage it's very natural to avoid talking about the issue to pretend that everything is under control I know of at least one instance where a caring daughter with tears in her eyes finally had to say, "'Dad, you stink. You smell of piss, and you smell of shit, and the cologne you put on just makes it worse.' As with most health issues, the sooner you talk to the health care worker, the better your chances of finding a way to manage things. They don't have magic wands, and they're not likely to eliminate the problem but they can help. But if a person has had a stroke, the kind that leaves one side paralyzed, the hand they use to wipe their bottom is paralyzed, and they just can't do it anymore. They've soiled their clothes, and it's terribly embarrassing. To make matters worse, somebody else has to clean it up. They just can't do it themselves. Caregivers generally show some sensitivity toward such feelings. They've been trained to be thorough to do it right, but often they're just too busy to notice how humiliating the whole process can be. The job has to be done, but there are things that they can say and do that will make it just a little less painful. Uh, When they're giving people a bath, for instance, they can keep some areas covered, so at least you're not lying there buck naked and feeling vulnerable. It's not that caregivers are uncaring or insensitive. I don't mean that. They've been trained to deal with a physical problem, mostly. Often they are under a time pressure, and let's face it, there really isn't a whole lot that can be done to make it easier for the struggling senior. However, people younger than about 60 would do well to remember that values related to nudity and bodily functions were very different when we were tadpoles. What you now take for granted simply didn't happen and wasn't talked about in respectable families. Some women would never even hang their unmentionables outside on the clothesline, and the, the ladies' underwear section of Eden's catalog was as close as we ever got to pornography. Us old, old people, us wrinkled pioneers and the folks who help us get through life, family and friends and medical people, we all need a deep sense of humor that involves a love of life and all its glorious confusion. Not so much to tell jokes, but just to to laugh at ourselves a little and, and the glorious, ridiculous, confusing, wonderful life we all share. Patience and humor dignity and respect. Those are the essential elements that will get us through. They are characteristics that can be learned and practiced and should be part of the training of everyone who works with seniors or anyone else who expects to be an older senior someday. And there are benefits, accomplishments. For instance, I've learned how to multitask. Yes, I can now. I can now laugh, cry, and pee all at the same time. Us oldsters, us older seniors face many complicated health problems, and our family doctors, if we can find a family doctor, often don't take the time to explain things adequately. So it's hard work sometimes keeping up with our aging bodies. A good start would be reading the chapter on health in my book, Well-Aged, Making the Most of Your Platinum Years. It, it, It won't answer all your questions, no, but it will provide a good starting point. The whole question of your health needs to be taken very seriously if you're going to enjoy the last few decades of your life. You can't run away from it. You either approach that time of life with your eyes open, or it'll blindside you, and you're liable to have far more problems than are necessary. So, it's like the old Boy Scout motto, Be Prepared. A lady stopped me in the drugstore the other day and told me that she had just bought three copies of Well Aged, one for her aging mother, one for her adult daughter, and one for herself. Lots of people are buying the book as a Christmas gift, It's a caring and thoughtful gift for someone you love. You can find the Well-Aged Podcast wherever you normally get your podcasts or go to the Douglas and McIntyre website. Search for Well-Aged. You'll find not just the current issue, but all the previous ones as well. In the meantime don't forget to pick up a copy of my book. The title is Well-Aged, Making the Most of Your Platinum Years. And we'll see you next week. Thanks.